You're listening to the Shop Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber, and today I'm joined with, as always, by Don Joyle and Logan Forearms Whitmer. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting kids involved in woodworking and the projects that we're working on right now. So thanks for downloading this podcast, and please, if you get a chance to, give us a five-star rating. Now, on to today's episode. This episode of the Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques, to furniture projects, to shop projects, you can find it all in Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. You know, so being in the woodworking publishing industry, I think one of the big things that we all hear about and worry about to a small degree is finding the next generation of woodworkers mm-hmm. or getting our demographic down in age. Mm-hmm. So let's go all the way down, talk about getting kids involved in woodworking. Okay. Now well, we, all, we all have kids. Yep. I'm doing my part to repopulate the next generation. (laughs) So I have I have four kids, uh, ranging from four to fifteen, and um, I've always kind of had you know that same question is like when do you start getting them involved at like what age? And um, as you guys know, I'm not like the safest word worker, so that's like my biggest fear is like teaching them safety. I, I mean, that, I'm not the safest woodworker, I, but I'm close. I think I'm, that, I'm in the top five. I think that closing your eyes constitutes safety glasses. Yes, I think I mean, so. I think it's fine. That's fair. So, right. But, um, yeah, so my 14-year-old uh, just started taking a construction shop class um, as a freshman. And they had to do five weeks of safety training before they could uh, touch any tools and they had to take tests and they had to get 100% on their tests before they could move on. So I said, it's like, I asked him, it's like, so you got to get a 10 out of 10 fingers on the table saw test or how does that like work? Or So, but, so he's passed through that. So now I feel like, you know, it's a safety and I can kind of pull him into the shop and work with power tools a little bit more and, and stuff. So, but it's like at, at what age, I, I guess it kind of depends on your own kid and, and, and what you're doing. Yeah. But. Do, does he show interest in it? Um, he does now that he's taking that shop class, but that's the other thing. It's like usually when we're at home and I'm in the shop, he's playing video games or doing other kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. But I think some of the, uh, my younger kids um, show a little bit more interest in creating things and, and that kind of thing. And, and maybe I missed that age with him at a younger age when sure. he would have done more stuff. And so... I guess that's kind of the the question is at what age and what interest level do you start introducing stuff to them? So I don't know. What are your guys' experience with your kids? Uh, I think it's been pretty hit and miss with my kids because uh, part of it is I want them to be interested in it Mm -hmm. and not like, hey, guess what? We're going out to the shop whether you like it or not. And because I wouldn't do that with activities or sports with them. So I don't want to push them onto being in mm-hmm. doing being involved in woodworking if they're not interested in it, you know. But like my son, when he was pretty little, I was redoing our backyard deck, and 
he wanted to help out, so I gave him a cordless drill, and he was backing out screws. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when we were putting the new deck boards on, he started, you know, I would drill all the pilot holes, and then he'd follow along behind me driving the screws in. And he got into a rhythm like he was right behind me, and even though he was, you know, probably four or five at the time. So, uh, and he's helped out with some working on some projects already, but like you said, it's tough to, with all the things that kids can be doing, to get them to be focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think for me, so my my kids are two and a half, five and a half. So my older, my older kid, uh, he has shown some interest. He's, like John said, kids these days like to be on video games and watching YouTube. We talked about them watching YouTube mm -hmm. videos. It's like, it's ridiculous how much they watch. But my, my oldest, he loves watching like craft videos. He watches a couple different channels that are geared towards kids, but like craft channels. So mm -hmm. he definitely has that like maker mentality, which is good. He always likes to be doing something and mm -hmm. making something. So it, 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 he hasn't necessarily picked up on the you know woodworking thing. Um, he's asked to build stuff. He wants to build like a candy dispenser. That's one mm -hmm. of the big things he wants to build is a candy dispenser. And I keep telling him, buddy, buddy, we'll get to it. We will get to it. And I just need to buckle down and get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but he has done some stuff with me in the shop. Um, he's turned a couple pens, which is fun. Uh, mm -hmm. He really likes that, um, you know, with him liking to, to do crafts and draw and stuff. It's fun for him to make something and be able to use it. Yeah. So that's super cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm very much under the the belief that I don't want to push my kids into it if they don't want to do it. Like you said, Phil, with, with your kids in sports or other activities, yeah. it's like you, you don't want to force a kid to do it if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. Now you don't want them to be you know, a couch potato, you don't want them to be yeah. stuck inside, you want them to get out and do stuff and be able to use their hands. I think that's an important skill that was lost and I think it's coming back. You know, yeah. We're talking about lowering, you, know, you mentioned lowering our demographic, that doesn't necessarily, I don't think, mean straight to the kids, right? but uh, I think you know, handmade is becoming cool again, right? right. It, it's cool to have a handmade item, um, and it's cool to be able to use your hands. Uh, so I think it's important to for a younger generation to get in, to at least be able to use their hands, whether that is uh, using a 3D printer to, to be able to make something. Yeah. Um, you know, just making stuff, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think that's what I would probably say that I've been ending up, not that it's been intentional per se on my part, but that uh, I'd rather have my kids involved in doing a lot of things, you know. I mean, I'm pretty handy around the house, so I have my kids helping when I'm doing stuff on the car or fixing something in the house. Uh, even when it comes to just like re-gluing broken toys or, yeah. you know, things like learning how to use epoxy or you know, applying paint or taking things apart and putting them back together, even cooking, I guess, mm -hmm. playing with Legos, you know, stuff where you're, you know, having to use some dexterity and problem solving skills and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess that's where I've kind of found that uh, my kids have shown the most interest in woodworking or making stuff is when they want something um, and it's like, oh, we could build that. Like my daughter wanted a nightstand so it's like you know you can 
kind of go through that and they you know get to watch some some uh, parts of the process and help out or whether it's sure. sanding or you know the finishing or painting or, or that kind of thing so it's like you can kind of start out with I guess you know something that they want and then you can kind of show them the building process or you know include them at yeah. you know certain junctures or kind of where they feel you know they can handle it or it's mm -hmm. you know safe or yeah and but, I think there's a good way being able to have the your workshop or whatever as a place where they can explore stuff too where it doesn't have to be like a hundred step project that they mm -hmm. need to work their way through mm -hmm. you know like my son wanted to just use some scraps and put together just a robot so he glued and screwed different things mm -hmm. together and had a, a wood robot or a, found some crazy sections of bark out in our yard and made a sailboat out mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. and then my my daughter's a little bit has a pretty strong artistic bent and so she wanted to learn some carving so I had just a few carving tools and couple of small pieces of basswood and you know showed her different cuts and you know making sure that you're keeping both hands behind the blade mm -hmm. and clamping work pieces down and stuff like that so you know she just kind of messed around with that mm -hmm. for a while and yeah and I can remember when my kids were younger too it's like they're in the shop and they find the scraps and you're letting them play with the scraps and then you're like oh now we're gonna like you know cut it into a smaller block or around the corners and they're you know taking those scraps and kind of seeing some of the woodworking you know fundamentals going into making it into something else or like you said with yeah your son and the, and the robot it's just kind of introducing them to yeah. different things that are simple and yeah well, one thing I've done is I mean my my shop's a little different than your guys because mine's in the basement so mm -hmm. um, they're always in and out of my shop um, but I did uh, a couple oh man it had to have been my oldest had to have been to my father-in-law who likes the frequent auctions uh, he found a little toy workbench. It's like one of those Fisher Price, you know, cheap oh, yeah, yeah. injection molded ones. It's sitting in my shop. So when I go down in there, my youngest, who's two and a half, he'll go in there and play on the workbench. Hmm. So he's standing there in the shop with dad. You know, I'm working. I'm, I'm not doing anything with power tools with him in the shop, but I'm, you know, tearing planes apart or something. He's in there working. So he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world that he's in there, has his own workbench. Uh, but my oldest... Like you said, you know, they find scraps and they just hold on to it. Or it's a good opportunity to get them in the shop when they ask for something, right? He, uh, this last weekend, um, Phil, I sent you a picture of, uh, I was chainsawing some bull blanks. Oh, yeah. And that whole thing started because my son said, hey, Dad, can you make me a, this sounds a little sketchy, can you make me a target for throwing knives? He doesn't own any throwing <laughs> knives. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But Birthday's wanna, coming up, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> but he's like, can you make me a target for throwing knives? I'm like, okay, what, first of all, what YouTube channel are you watching that you're seeing this? Because we need Because you want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it with him. <laughs> but I was like, you know what, buddy? I got a bunch of maple logs in the back of my truck. Let's go out and I'll cut some bowl blanks in the center section with the pith in it. That's a perfect throwing knife target again mm -hmm. he does not have throwing knives <laughs> but but it was fun because i'm out there with him i'm chainsawing my blanks that i wanted mm -hmm. uh, he gets what he wants out of it and then he thought it was the coolest thing in the world when i gave him a bucket of paint and a paintbrush and said hey paint them of these logs so they don't split so yeah i thought you're gonna say oh i told him to paint a target but you're oh really, no i like, gave him, him I, I gave him a sharpie to do that yeah. so he has a he has a circle bullseye target drawn on a piece of maple um but no, it's, it, I think it's the biggest thing you can do is when 
a kid shows interest, grab a hold of that mm -hmm. and run with it, right? I mean, and it, it's not going to be building a big project. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just the small little steps. Yeah. I think one of the... Uh, one of the strongest memories that I have with my kids is, uh, again, my son was pretty young, maybe three or four, and I was, uh, we had a storm roll through town and had a lot of downed branches. Mm -hmm. So I was dragging them all to the driveway and cutting them up with a couple of hand saws that I had. And he really, really wanted to help. And so he was breaking some of the small sticks and throwing them into the yard waste bin and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But he wanted to cut the pieces, and I just wasn't sure about that, uh, him using a saw. And he was helping out, and all of a sudden, I just you could just see the light bulb go off in his head. That in his room, he had a little plastic saw that was probably six, seven inches mm -hmm. long, you know, with the big thick plastic teeth he yep. goes tearing into the house mm -hmm. comes back out with the saw and i knew exactly what he was going to do and i'm like just please god let him cut it just with the saw yeah. just this one time to give it to him you know mm. and he got frustrated because clearly the plastic saw wasn't going to cut diddly jack yeah. you know but from there you know i found a i had a japanese pull saw you know and could show him how to use that and yeah. keep his hands out of it and that's funny because I had exactly the same thing happen with my oldest. When we bought our property where our house is now, it's five acres, and we had a bunch of trees down. Yeah. So before we started building, I needed to clean up some of these uh, these trees that had been pushed into a big pile. So uh, we he would have been, oh, Fletcher would probably have been three, maybe two, because um, yeah. my wife was not pregnant with our second yet. Um, but it's like, hey, let's go spend the morning of Saturday in the fall. Let's go spend the morning. It's nice and cool out. Bundle up. Let's go cut some wood. And he was so excited. I mean, mm. he was so jacked up. And I had, <laughs> I had found him a little plastic toy steel chainsaw, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like one of those that you, you pull the trigger and it goes, and the teeth yeah. spin and stuff. And so my wife went out there with us because um, I'm going to be running an actual chainsaw. She wanted to keep an eye on him. And especially with big logs and stuff, you don't want him right. climbing on them and stuff. And... I start going to town and I look up and his he is bawling. And so I stopped the chainsaw and I was like, buddy, what's up? He's like, my saw doesn't work like yours. And oh. I was like, I was like, oh, that <laughs> melted my heart when he said that. And my wife and I still we, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's like, you remember because he pulled it out probably two weekends ago and said, Hey, can you put new batteries in this? And I was like, hey, you remember what he was trying to cut with this? And he just <laughs> melted because he realized it didn't work like dad's. Yeah. Uh, which was fun, but yeah, no, it's uh, when when you see the spark, nurture mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Let them do something till they get bored. And once they're bored, just let it it's go. done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about getting our kids involved. What are your guys's like early memories of getting involved in woodworking or following your dad or whoever around or uh, an early project or? I remember like my dad has just always been a tinkerer of a variety of sorts. So anytime we did home improvement tasks, I was always right there with him, car yeah. repair stuff, uh, all of that. Because I remember helping him take down a wood fence in our backyard once. Um, my first project, so he had ended up having just a variety of scraps. And so I grew up in Wisconsin, which uh, means I'm a Packer fan. Mm -hmm. So 
probably my very first woodworking project was taking a bunch of scraps that dad had and nailing them together into a Green Bay Packer football helmet mm. because I really wanted a football helmet. Yep. So I thought there's no way on my, you know, like nine-year-old salary that I was going to mm -hmm. buy one. So I made one and then I don't remember if I colored it yellow and put the G on it or whatever. The thing felt like it weighed 870 pounds. It probably did. Yeah. And was super blocky and I mean, now it would look like a Minecraft Green Bay Packer mm -hmm. football. Helmet, yeah, you were ahead of your time. Yeah, you was, were living yeah. in 2020. Mm -hmm. Flying cars and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's probably one of my earliest mm -hmm. ones. Yeah, I can remember, you know, following my dad around um, house projects and stuff. And then I don't remember how old I would have been, probably eight or so. And we decided we were going to build a treehouse. So that was like a whole summer thing of adding different like layers. And I just took to the hammer and nail and I was just nailing nails in wherever I could. And and the, it's funny because nope. this treehouse still stands today and my kids play on it back at my parents' house. And it's like, you look at it and there'll be like a, a corner of it where there's just like 50 nails in the corner. It's like, you know, that's, that's, the, where, that's the only thing holding it together. That's so. where it came from. Mm -hmm. When John puts up a shelf, there's it's, like 45 screws in yep, it that right, are eight yep. inches it's just, long. It's just yep. so satisfying to, you know. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because same same way, I followed my dad around doing a lot of stuff. My, whenever my dad was working on something, I wanted to be there with him because I always like doing stuff, mm -hmm. you know? I don't necessarily remember doing much woodworking with my dad. Um, it was more like the house projects and mm -hmm. the car stuff. Um, my earliest, like, woodworking memory, I think I was probably in my grandpa's garage with him. He was working on something... And he handed me a can of nails. I said, here, beat these straight again. <laughs> so I sat there in his garage and started pounding them straight. But then he gave me scraps of two by four. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I nailed the crap out of those two by fours. I just nailed them together into nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there, was, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just, let's see how many of these things I can mm -hmm. nail together and if they'll stay together. Yeah. And then I've, I've heard, Logan, you as a very young, young child be good. Uh, grew up on following Saturday morning cartoons, you would watch The Woodsmith Shop. I did, yes. So, you're like, right. Phil is kind of like your childhood, mentor. Childhood like, mentor. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just right out of the crib. No. No, I wouldn't TV. say out of the crib. I mean, I was driving when the first oh, season of okay. Woodsmith Shop aired, but I would have been driving with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like your woodworking learner's permit here. Yeah, it was right. my woodworking. <laughs> uh, one of Anybody my, yeah. see my walker with the <laughs> tennis balls on it? Uh, no, one of my high school, I've, I've, you guys know this, but one of my uh, projects in high school I, it was my first, so that was my first actually real like furniture building mm -hmm. experience was getting into high school and was in the high school shop and it was like, oh, hey, there's actually a nice shop here. We had a couple of unisaws, you know, it's a, sure. it was a legit woodworking shop um, and it just made sense to me. So I kind of, this is going to sound, you know, a little self-centered, but I was definitely at a higher level than everybody else. I mean, just because it all made yeah. sense to me. It's like, this makes sense how this all works and goes yeah. together. Um, so my first project was a roll-top desk that I bought plans for on plansnow.com, I believe. Um, or no, that was furnitureplans.com. Uh, hmm. But then my second year of shop class, which was probably in the same year, um, but my shop class two, my woodworking two class, 
uh, I did. I built a arched stretcher table that Phil wrote yeah, in the magazine. magazine. Yeah, so I built that in high school and brought that actually here to the Polk, uh, Southeast Polk High School Industrial Tech oh, fair. Uh, yeah. fair. One first place with mm-hmm. that. So, cool. yeah. It actually doesn't have a finish on it. Just wow. has boiled Lindsay oil on it. Still oh. sitting yeah. in my parents' house. I should probably it's lacquer it. So a finish. Just bring yeah. it in. Just I should probably it. lacquer yeah. it at some point. It's a little embarrassing, though. I don't want anybody to see it. <laughs> Maybe I'll swap it out with the one on second floor in our office. I don't know if that one's like, yeah, yeah. pretty old, too. So. Yeah. so. All right. So what do we got working on? I can start. I've been, uh, one of the things that I've been working on is a old radio cabinet that used to be at my grandparents' house. And one of my uncles long ago had pulled out all the radio guts from it, put contact paper over the grill work that was at the front of it. Mm -hmm. So turned that around so that was the back. And then it was this little low two-shelf bookcase. So I always thought it was kind of a weird cabinet because the front legs on the bookcase were square, the back legs were turned at the bottom, and then the top of it, at the front was square and then went to the back and then had radiused corners. And then I found out later that that's how it had turned around. So so it makes sense now. The front of it to me was always the back of the radio cabinet. So what I want to do is uh, uh, turn that grill work into two doors. So I have some walnut veneer, burl veneer that I've been uh, hoarding for a while and I glued that down veneered that down to one half of the door um, and I think it turned out pretty good so it gives me a little bit of hope and optimism for getting the rest of that project uh, mm-hmm. put back together mm-hmm. and refinished and making it look kind of nice cool yeah Logan you go next I'm gonna go grab the my stool across the shop here to show the people that are watching on video okay right. okay um, so you guys know that at home I'm still getting through all these stupid tools that's been like an ongoing thing but i've been doing a lot of turning and i think i've said that and i have a couple projects like lingering that i know i need to get done right like i have parts sitting in here we're sitting in our video studio right now and i have parts sitting over there in our pile of crap the nightstand project the nightstand project god and that's just been lingering since like before thanksgiving i think uh-huh. that was john sorry hitting yes. the bench jeez um so I have like these projects I need to get done. I, I don't need to get done. I have nightstands, but it's just I want to get I want to get them done because there's some experimenting with turning I want to do. Yeah. You know, we're we're looking at um, uh, our event that we're probably going to host this year, looking mm-hmm. at people that, uh, to come out and and present during it. And you've you've thrown out some names, Phil, of people that do some really cool carved stuff. And there's this weird overlap in turning and carving. And the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So a lot of people will turn. I've seen a lot of examples where people will turn like a hollow form vessel. Yeah. And then they'll carve the outside. And it's beautiful. I mean, and it's simple carving. It's just like fluting or, you know, right. something stippling, something like that. And I have this weird fascination with it. And I just want to dig in and try some of it. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I want to get these other projects out of the way first. So I just need to, I need to stop doing what I want to do. Do what I need to do. And finish something. And finish something. Mm-hmm. Right. And then do what I want to do. So, sure. so yeah, maybe next week I'll have the nightstand started. 
or <laughs> it started technically just, like, pushed along farther down. Yes. The road. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll actually get some more done. Cool. So, John, you got a uh, heritage project. Going yes. Um, so, uh, what was it was last fall, my longtime neighbor who had lived next to us for, I don't know, the whole time we lived that have lived in our house. So 16 years. And she'd lived there even longer. She'd raised her kids there who are now probably like my parents' age. So probably 40, 50, 60 years she lived in this house. And um, so she was moving out, moving into an assisted living. And the, her kids were cleaning out the house. And they were up in the attic. And they'd found, they're like, hey, John, um, we know you're a woodworker. We found, you know, these, uh, there's some wood up here. Do you want it? And I'm thinking, I really don't really need it, but... I mean, you know, I'll give it a home. And so they pulled out uh, these walnut blanks that are probably, I don't know, two and a half to three inches by three inches and three feet long and, you know, brought them to me. And they said their dad probably put them up in the attic and probably had, you know, something special planned for them mm -hmm. one day. And they had just set up that, sat up there for 40 years. So, you know, after them handing these off to me and telling the story, it's like I kind of feel like a responsibility to do something with them. You know, yeah. special or whatever. So I had planned to make a uh, shop stool because I was pretty like limited on you know the sizes of the pieces of wood and you oh, know, yeah. what could I possibly make. And there wasn't this. much of it. Right? There wasn't much. So I was like, oh, picture frame or something. But then you know, I found this plan for the this uh, shop stool that was pretty cool. So I glued up all the pieces. And then when we were talking about projects for um, season 14 of the Woodsmith shop. I kind of conned you guys into like, hey, let's build a <laughs> shop stool, you know? So, yep. so this past week, um, we were shooting that episode. And so I have the, the stool here. For everybody watching. For if you're watching this on YouTube, on it's a three-legged shop stool. You know, it's all walnut and it's got kind of a triangular curved top. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, turned out really nice. I mean, the age of the wood has just made it look, I mean, amazing and have it oiled up now and ready to spray and stuff. But so I'll get yeah. it finished up and then I'll get it back to the the family and yeah, that'd be cool. That's nice. So, yeah, very nice. So, yeah. But so I think and you have you have a couple little sections left. Yeah, I have like three, gonna, like kind of twelve inch. You can make like a little miniature stool. I could like a little sample, yeah. like a stool sample. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be that'd be just. <laughs> That's been like the <laughs> that's been the joke this week. So it's funny because we actually made two of those stools, yes. right? We made that one um, out of the lumber John had, and I also brought in uh, some air dried walnut that I had that I had harvested. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because Phil, you drilled both of the seats, right? Yeah, you drilled the seat from that one that John had, and you drilled the seat from the lumber I had. You said there was a noticeable difference between the two, right? The 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 original walnut seat, um, we used a Forstner bit on it. It was a pretty sharp bit, and it was pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't maple hard or white oak or something yeah. like that, but it was. I was surprised on how hard and dry it was when sure. the chips were coming out of it. Yeah. And then when I drilled the one for the for the other seat, uh, it was amazing to me how much softer it felt. Like the bit just went right sunk through. right yeah. down into it. And then the chips that came out, they weren't squishy wet, but they they're spongy. They were a little spongy. So that in between the flutes of the Forstner bit, as those shavings kind of got packed in there, and I retracted the bit, then you'd see them like spread out yeah. and. 
Yeah, and I dry. I'm wondering if that isn't because that stool was the lumber I brought in. It was air dried. Right. And it's been cut for three years now, so it should be it should be dry. Yeah. Um, but the stuff that John got, you said it was in their attic, mm. right? So I wonder if it didn't like attic kiln dry. Kiln dry mm. kind of baked up there for yeah. and who knows how long it had been up there too. You know, that that it really got you know, really I mean almost cooked a little bit at a yeah, because what I mean, how hot does an attic get here in Iowa in the summer? 120, oh, yeah. 130 yeah. degrees Probably. pretty easily. So yeah. that's funny. I just mm-hmm. thought it was cool to see the difference between the the walnut because they're both walnut, one mm-hmm. air dried, one attic air dried. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Shop Notes podcast. Uh, once again, if you enjoy listening to the show. Please leave us a rating and recommend us. Give us all the stars that you think that we deserve and leave some comments or questions and we can address those in future episodes. Uh, When you do give us a higher rating, it puts our program in front of more eyeballs. So it gets us out to a wider audience, which is more fun to circle more woodworkers into this craft and joining in on the conversation. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build, from furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.